before we get started, huge thank you to Sonny from Tomo. Uh, he was a blast to talk to. We had so much fun. Um, he also wanted to hook all the listeners up with a promo code that's good through the end of 2022. So if you're interested in any Tomo golf shoe or anything from Tomo's website, you can use code SAFEPAR at checkout and save 15% off. We're very excited about episode 56 as we welcome Sonny with Tomo Golf Shoes. Tomo's purpose is to challenge this golf status quo, redefining the idea of the perfect golf shoe. You can find them on Instagram at Tomo Golf Shoes. Sonny, thank you so much for taking the time and hopping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Derek. Absolutely. Uh, let's get right into it. Um, it's kind of a loaded question, but uh, what does Tomo Golf stand for? And when did you decide you wanted to start a golf company? Yeah, so um, Tomo is actually just short for tomorrow. Um, and it was started, the ideation was uh, somewhere in like 2017. Um, and that was just when I was uh, graduating from like grad school in San Diego. And, you know, I was looking to, you know, like San Diego kind of kind of like the golf mecca, especially for like golf companies. Um, and so that that's kind of like where it all started, where, you know, uh, I always just had a goal to like work in the golf industry ever since I got into the game in college. Um, and so then I was like, when I was going to grad school, I'm like, okay, let's go somewhere where the golf companies are. Um, uh, but it, it just eventually I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to work for other people. I'd rather just like work for myself. Uh, and so here we are. <laughs> Did you have any background in, in footwear or is that what you would like design or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I think short answer is really no. <laughs> um, you know, I've kind of like bumped around different fields where it's kind of like, I would say my professional background is kind of jack of all trades, but master of none really before this. Um, so I've dabbled in things like sales, marketing, and then also like supply chain, manufacturing, product development. So I've like kind of like had my hands in a little bit of every pie there is. Uh, which, which is good to kind of get a, a new company started. Cause you know, a little bit about everything. Um, but then once it starts then you're like, okay, like it's time to do a deep dive on certain of these aspects. And then you kind of just learn as you go. So, so I know the cool thing about Tomo is it's a golf company, but it's also not a golf company, right? Like you can wear yeah, the yeah, shoes everywhere. Sure. Um, I know that's kind of what everybody really likes about them is that you can wear them to the airport. You can wear them to the grocery store. You can wear them golfing. Um, yeah. Do you view it as a golf specific brand or do you view it almost as just like a brand for everybody? Yeah, I, I think honestly, um, you know, brass tax is it's, it's a golf brand um, because we make golf products, but uh, you know, at the same time, it's a brand for everybody just because I think, really the best golf brands, at least in my opinion nowadays, is just brands that kind of extend beyond golf, right? I mean, I think if you're at the airport, if someone's wearing kind of their golf polo with, you know, kind of what they would play like on their Sunday match, like it, it's just a little like dweebish and excuse me if like you're a listener <laughs> and you wear that to the airport, you know, that's like your outfit. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I think, uh, with golf being really an expansion right now, there's a lot of people playing it that we we're getting a lot newer people that doesn't kind of, that didn't funnel into golf from like the traditional channels. Uh, and, and they're just bringing whatever their background is, whether it's, you know, whether it's their t-shirts and 
their style there. And, and I just think that's really cool for golf just because that's kind of an infusion of style and modern aesthetics that, you know, you haven't seen in a long time. Um, and so kind of long about way to answer your question. Yeah, it's a brand for everybody just because I don't want to make something that you can only wear or you can only use for golf. I just think that's a little wasteful, if anything. It just, you spend $200 on a pair of golf shoes and you wear like once every other week or something like that. Um, and you're too embarrassed to wear it like to work or to somewhere else just because you're clicking everywhere. You know, it's just, so, you know, I think that's in, in kind of in like spirit, a lot of like what we do, like when we design and think about a product, it's like, well, like, would we use it? Would we want it? Would we want to, uh, you know, would this basically make us happy? And essentially, um, that goes into pretty much everything we do. I was going to ask this question down the road, but uh, with Dom's great question, uh, I want to piggyback on that. Um, is it kind of surreal for you? Like you say, it kind of started in 2017, but you, you yeah. created this golf shoe and he brought up the airport thing. Is it more impressive that you see your own shoe, somebody wearing it at, a, at the airport or on the golf course? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, Honestly, I'm just happy to see it being worn anywhere. <laughs> it's pretty um, wild. Like you're, you're something yeah, you designed and you're, you know what I mean? It's, that's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. I think, you know, we, uh, we started the idea in 2017, but we didn't launch until like mid, I think it was like June or July of 2018. So we've only been around for, what is that? My math, like four years. Four years um, yeah. yeah. And I remember once I was like traveling in Asia and, um, I was living there for a little bit, just doing like development season. I kind of live stateside and I live there every once in a while, just depending on what we're developing. Um, and, you know, while I was there, there was like a local, like indoor simulator range that I went to just, you know, to, to play some golf and stuff like that. And I walked in the store and one of the guys like, Hey, those shoes, like, are they from this brand called Tomo? I'm like, yeah, it is. It's like, wait a second, like, do we know you? And like, no, I mean, I don't know if you do, but yeah, I started the company. And, and so it's just, you know, I think the golf community used to be like really small and really like tight knit. And so everybody knows everybody else. And that's just like really cool. And I mean, obviously with it expanding, that's also super awesome. So that's very cool. Are you guys located in San Diego right now? As far as like the whole, as a, as a company, cause I know you guys ship internationally to a couple different countries, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of, we're kind of like all over the place. <laughs> so we have a marketing team in San Diego that shoots a lot of our content, but we also have a content team here in Utah where I am right now. Uh, and that's where we're, we fulfill from, um, just cause typically you're in the middle, you know, it's easier to fulfill to like East coast, West coast, that type of thing. So sure. logistically speaking, we have a team here, but then we also have lo local fulfillment now in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and then we just have team members kind of scattered across. So awesome. So when you, when you kind of all over the place, but as far as like, like the, like the design of a shoe, cause I know you have multiple shoes. I apologize. We've got, I'm living downtown Minneapolis and I don't know if you can hear our, <laughs> the sirens, but it's pretty, uh, oh, no, pretty I, I can't hear a thing. So, oh, okay. You're, okay, yeah, good. All right. so we're good. We can. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. your audio is like a lot more professional than mine. I'm just using whatever my laptop comes with. So, Oh, sure. Yeah, well, we can hear you great. I just, we, I just said, I don't know if you could hear us cause we can hear pretty clearly no, over here, can, but, yeah. um, we've had some guests pointed out and they're like, wow, it's really loud there. And we're like, Sorry, yeah. like we're working on a space. We're working on a space <laughs> at some point. Dang, now um, you're like giving me a whole new bag of insecurities. Where like, oh, this guest voice is like super annoying or oh, no. it's super echoey. 
<laughs> Not at all. No, yours is fine. You sound perfect. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. Um, but back to that question, like what what does like the design process look like? Are you kind of the brains behind that and you come up with ideas or can you kind of walk us through the steps on how that works? Yeah, so I think so far up to this point, I think we've had six or seven different lines of shoes. And right now there's four different new lines being developed right now. And that's not counting like some collaborations we've had with other groups and things like that. Um, But really, I would say mostly every single one is a little bit different. I mean, um, I remember the very first shoe that was developed. I mean, that, you know, uh, understandably took the longest in development. It was, uh, you know, like a year and a half, essentially. And that one was developed with the, like, I, I have some, I, I, I would never say I'm a designer really, uh, but I have a lot of like um, artistic background uh, and I can actually uh, do renderings of shoes fairly well. Um, and, and so that first shoe was, you know, created by me. Um, and then we had like a, like a professional, like um, digital artist that, did the tech pack and things like that. But some of the shoes was just like, Hey, we like this particular style. That's how, let's see how we could put like tonal stamp on it. Uh, and then versus some other shoes, we really just, just kind of go from scratch and like, what do we want from this shoe? And then let's put together the look. So it really, I think some of it, a lot of it, I would say is influenced by kind of what's currently going on in terms of just street level footwear, um, kind of what your sneaker heads would be into. Uh, and that's part of the goal is to kind of bring that outside fashion into golf, which traditionally is kind of like insulated from like outside influences. Uh, and then some other, we just uh, kind of work it out ourselves and design it from scratch. So yeah, a little bit of everything really. So I work in the running industry, so I get to work with some really cool brands like Mizuno, uh, Brooks, yeah. Asics, a lot of those kind of fun brands. Nice. Um I know a lot of them base some of their designs off of certain influences. So like uh, Mizuno, for instance, one of the shoes I really liked was a couple years ago, they had the Inspire like 18 or something. They're mm-hmm. on like 24 or whatever now. Um, but they actually took and designed the four foot cage off of a dragonfly wing. So my question is, and what I'm getting to, it took a little bit longer than I wanted. Um <laughs> where do you get your kind of inspirations from? Because it seems like all these other, you know, footwear companies are getting inspiration from all these kind of, I don't want to say weird places because like dragonflies are pretty cool. But just something you wouldn't think of. Yeah. Like I never looked at this. That's super awesome. I've never thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to have to start looking at like cool insects or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I know. I'm lucky enough to work with really, really great brands and really great reps who do a good job explaining them. But I never would have thought of looking at you and gone, no dragonfly away you know and just stuff like yeah. that is always kind of the coolest part about footwear and designing yeah i think um honestly like running shoes it's it's crazy because you would think footwear is footwear right but when it comes to different industries it's so different i think to to start a footwear industry period your r&d budget has to be insanely huge unless you're just trying to be like every other person or just like every other brand right uh i think like for example nike it's super hard to catch up to them because nobody's budget can really like compete um and you you've heard like all that marathon um scandal or like oh we, we want to ban the nike next percent because they're too fast and things like that so i think you know for us <clears throat> a lot of the inspiration doesn't necessarily come from 
like like dragonflies or anything like that it's just um again like i feel like we should right because that's super awesome but really kind of a lot of influences <laughs> from streetwear a lot of the influences we i i personally want to wear what i would wear normally to the golf course i don't want to have a separate wardrobe for the golf course um that just seems really strange to me um uh, you know i think um i think when we started in like or ideation happened in 2017 like ricky fowler was like a really big name um and that's when he would deck himself out in like the whole sunday orange uh and you know i think that's fun i think that's fun to like bring so much color into the game but i would never walk down the street in neon orange um and so so you know i think um that got him like a lot of notoriety and now like his outfit is, you know, kind of like fitting into kind of what modern trends would be. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of where, you know, at least for footwear that we're interested in is just things that's easily crossover, things that would fit in your normal wardrobe should also work on the golf course, essentially. I feel like you're in like the perfect opportunity to like start a golf shoe company though, just with like how we were just talking about how like yeah. You're trying to come up with something that you'd wear on and off the course and golf right now is at an all time high. And I feel like it's growing so much with like the streetwear collaborations. I and mean, we've had like the, the, the Drake, was it not, uh, what, what's that brand? Nocta. Or Nocta. Yeah. Like there's different collaborations. Yeah. Like it's not only like, uh, so it's people I mean, that don't even play golf now are getting into golf. We're also seeing like super, like super duper casual golf shoes come into play, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's no longer the, the point to toe or the wingtip or anything like that, you know, super yeah. spiked golf. Cleats. Yeah. Now it's, you know, the Jordan golf shoes, I think Cole Han makes they some, have some shoes and yeah. they look super casual. Um, yeah. I don't think any of them look quite as good as like the Tomo ones because the Tomo, oh, I like, I'm, very, I'm not just like doing that to like future <laughs> horn, but like there's something just like future until next week kohan comes on the podcast right <laughs> <laughs> i will say no the volume one though that's the shoe that i i have actually yeah derek actually has a pair yeah the volume ones oh. and they are oh. i actually and it's you you explain it perfectly like i i wore them off the course all the time i literally that's a cool thing you go to a, a golf course you put your golf shoes on you take them off well these you literally could just you drive go to the golf course and then get back in your car and you go. So they I mean, super comfy. For me, the cool thing is like Adidas tried it with their Eddie cross stuff and it didn't work right. out. So the fact that you have built your whole company off of it and it's working and there's notoriety there, I think is very impressive because I mean, if Adidas can't do it, Tomo you know, can. you know, there's like all of a sudden there's a hole in the market. <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm sure Adidas could do it if they wanted to. Uh, they just yeah. like threw a whole bunch of money at it. Um, but you know, you do bring up a super interesting point just because, um, it doesn't always work necessarily just because I think golfers, especially like golf market is really like finicky in a, in a weird way. Like, um, I remember when we first introduced the volume two, which is like a very like traditional style plimsoll canvas upper, they look, I would say they're compared to like traditional, like low converse or like, um, vans essentially like kind of the canvas upper with like big rubber soles that, that styles I would say is considered classic, right? Like a lot of people do it. Um, and when we first introduced it, it's like, there's not really like a warm reception in golf. Um, which again is weird because then like lately, it started like to pick up a little bit and we're like, Oh, is this like worth another look? Um, which is, which is funny just because like, I think generally in terms of footwear, 
golf industry is five to 10 years behind in terms of style. Like it really is um, where something that was like really cool five years ago would be like really cool in golf today. Now I think that time is shrinking just because there's more people coming into golf. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, you want to do what you think is really cool and fashionable. And if you're like a true sneakerhead, you're like at the tip of the trend, you almost have, you, you definitely actually have to like, just dial yourself back a little bit and be like, okay, if I'm like, if like if my market is for golf, I can't do this exact, this same thing. I have to just like tone it down, remove it back a, a bit, a, a bit so you know it's it's just it's a lot of trial and error it's kind of a lot of testing and just if you're interested in doing it i'm sure like you could do it but it's just like it, it just you have to play around with it quite a bit put a lot of pressure on you here but what what is your personal favorite tomo golf shoe <sighs> depends on um, which day which which day it is i mean you gotta say the first <laughs> one right because it's the original it's the baby it's you know yeah, I feel like I would be inclined to say that. Um, I think kind of like the one that's probably most special to me and always will will be the volume one just because that was the first shoe. Um, but currently my favorite one to wear would be the Bravos um, just because I think the volume ones, they're, I think they're a great, like I think in terms of versatility, they're the most versatile shoe in terms of on off course. Um, but in terms of golf shoes, you know, we did receive a lot of feedback and it's like, Hey, you know, we, we made adjustments to the volume one where we made the collar a little bit taller. So it's like a little bit more stable. We added stability strips for like lateral movement and things like that. But, you know, there's only so many tweaks you could do before you kind of just have to throw it all out and recreate it. Uh, and so for example, when we just relaunched the volume one remix, that's essentially, we just like threw out the old one and then we built a new shoe that is much more appropriate for golf. And, and so I think like, for example, like the Bravo is just, it, I think it's the perfect balance between golf. Like, I think honestly, it does everything that you needed to do for golf, unless you're like a long drive champion, you know, other than that, it does everything you need to do. We're not um, long drive so, champions, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people think they are long drive champions. They're just That's undiscovered true. long drive champions. So everyone uh, can drive yeah. 320 <laughs> yards nowadays. God, I yeah. wish. <laughs> so the so the Bravo, can you can you tell us a little bit about the uh so Alpha was your most recent launch and you launched the Alpha and the Bravo right around the same time, correct? Uh, so we launched the Alpha, I think, last November, and then we launched the Bravo maybe two or three weeks of two or three weeks ago. Um, and the Alpha was more of a, you know, it's more of a golf-focused shoe. I think if you just look at the style, of course, like it translate to everyday like sneakers like super well. But the thing is, it's like a waterproof knit, so it provides more like like uh, like golf purpose performance. Um, so the waterproof knit is great, but it also makes your fabric a little less flexible in the areas you want it to be flexible versus I think the Bravo is a water resistant shoe. So it's not going to block out all water, but you know, most of us don't go out and play in heavy rain. Um, and, and that shoe keeps a lot of the breathability and a lot of the comfort because that upper knit is just a little bit different. Um, and so I think that's why right now in terms of just wearing them, like that's probably my favorite shoe to wear at the moment. What can you kind of explain a little bit of, so like uh, on your website, you talk about like all day comfort, high performance, um, mindful materials. Cause you guys are very like a, 
environmentally conscious yeah. uh, company with your materials and even like your uh, the boxes are 100% recyclable. Um, what what is the is the flex tech in every shoe and what is that is that is that kind of transpire into being a shoe where you can wear it on and off the course with the the flex tech? Yeah. Yeah, so flex tech is actually a patented material, um, which is, you know, traditional shoe sole. I mean, this is like a little bit more technical, but traditional shoe soles are made of either rubber, which is heavy, but super durable, or EVA, which is super lightweight. But, uh, you know, uh, quality wise, it's questionable. So we use polyurethane, which is kind of, it's a little bit heavier than EVA, but it's a lot lighter than rubber. And it has like a really good bounce. Um, so what that translates to is, you know, cushion and things like that. Um, and also that material breaks down naturally. So it it's it's a little weird because basically what breaks down a lot of times material is moisture kind of going in. So if you leave that shoe unworn for like three or five years, it'll just break down on its own because, you know, just from natural degradation right um but if uh you're constantly using it basically keeping that material alive essentially then that material um keeps its balance keeps its give and, and things like that um and so you know for for us you know that's that's definitely important just because um you know we want to do everything right we want to do everything kind of the best way that we can um that we know how uh and so yeah like you said like all our boxes packaging is recyclable um, and same thing with the material that we choose that goes into our shoes. Do you, do you have um, do you have like a time frame on, on how long? Like for example, you just re- you know you released the Bravos uh, not too long ago, but do you, do you have like a time frame of when the next shoe you're planning on releasing? So you said you had like three or four or four or five. I don't know if I can if you can bring that up right now, but is there like yeah. an idea of like how long it should take you to come up with that shoe and fully like put it in production? Yeah, uh, I mean, I for sure could talk about it. It's just, um, it's just funny because, like, uh, ideally, the Alpha would have released probably last year around March, and the Bravo probably would have released March this year. Um, and so it's just a funny thing because, with um, especially with COVID, like everybody's supply chain is still messed up. up yeah. I think there's still like lockdowns happening. I don't think that it's happening anymore, but like up to a month ago. There were like cities that it's like you can't go out of your house, um, which is really just quite ridiculous to even think about in like 2022. That's still happening. Um, and I think just even if COVID didn't happen, the the thing with manufacturing is you could always set a hard date on when you want to do stuff. But if the thing isn't perfect, whatever you're trying to develop, then you got to move it. You got to or, or you could try to push it and just know you're pushing out a subpar product. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I feel like these things are, are always moving. I mean, ideally we have a couple models that's even more, I think, uh, comfortable, more, even more versatile for, um, everyday wear that we're aiming for like next spring. And then we have like, a like, a like a super heavy duty, like this is for golf, a hundred percent shoe coming out next summer. But the, again, the aesthetic is what streetwear would be. Um, so, I mean, those are, those are kind of the goal. Um, but those things are basically always changing. I mean, there's just really nothing is for certain when it comes to product development, like anything could happen. You could be 90% of the way done and you're like, ah, this isn't going to work. Like throw it out. Let's start from scratch. And that's just, that's just part of the game. Yeah. One of the biggest brands in running that I have to work with, like, Hey, new shoe will come out like December, January ish, whatever. 
I got them last week. Like nobody yeah. knows anything anymore. And it's like the most frustrating thing to like explain to people because I have no idea. The brands don't really know either. Like it's just kind of, you know, when we're ready, we'll put them out. Yeah. Like this shoe originally was developed um, to be like a waterproof knit option. And it was, mm-hmm. I would say probably, I don't know, like 50, 60% done. But then we got to a point where we're like, ah, uh, you know, we just didn't like how it turned out. And so we're scratching it. Um, <laughs> so I like that, that one. That one's like, nice. What, yeah, yeah. So like, what would be like, how many people decides on that? Like at the end of the day, like ultimately, like, is it like a, like a big group of people that are like, do like a, a yes of, and no I'm kind of a picture, like a boardroom where yeah. you just go, yeah, yay or nay. Yeah. Just raise your hand if it's, if it's if it's going to go in production or not, this is why we're not a company. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah, we're asking I mean, these questions. I mean, not really. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to, I mean, if, if there's major flaw, then it's like, okay, we're obviously not doing it. Like every sure. year's on board. Um, and that's usually kind of like, you know, catastrophic, like scraps, right? Like that's like, we're throwing that out. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's minor things we usually can fix and things like that. Um, so yeah, I I mean I think usually it comes down to me. Sure. Does uh did COVID really essentially um, like oh do you want to go ahead with it? Sorry, our, it cut our computer cut out, so I didn't get your full answer. So I apologize. I was trying to talk because I, I thought you were waiting for me to say something. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, but um, I was trying to think of where I was going with that question. Yeah, I don't know where you're going. I know. I'm trying to figure out where I was going with that. That's oh, yeah. No, I was going to ask you. I'm sorry. Um, did COVID, I mean, because I feel like pe- so many more golfers now since COVID, but was that a real issue for you guys? Because I know with productions and backups and things like that, did you guys have a lot of stock inventory where it wasn't a big issue for you guys as far as like when to know people were having big issues with getting certain materials and products? Um, I think we just kind of got a little bit lucky because everybody didn't know what was going on. And we just happened to have like a big shipment of inventory come in right before everything like closed. Um, and I think that probably carried us through 2010 because again, that, that helped a ton just because a lot of people, there's now a lot of more customers because there are more golfers. Um, and then 2011 was more like, you know, like basically, Talking but, 2020, yeah. 2021. Uh, yeah, 20, what did I say? You said 2010, 2010 2011. and then 2011. I'm like, well, we're going way back in time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, here's the thing like, <laughs> I figured the whole I timeline, right? It's like, it's yeah. like, come, it's, it's mushed into one file. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like I just started this in like my study room like two weeks ago, you know? Um, so no, that was sorry, that was like 20. 20 yeah 2020 we got like a big shipment right before everything closed and 2021 is like okay like i think we could get replenish on a lot of stocks uh or the stock that we have but we just really can't push the development timeline so that's why everything got pushed back um and so that kind of just has a snowball effect that when one product gets pushed back it pushes like everything else back too um and so that's just but i mean honestly i don't think it was i don't think it was too bad i just think we could have done a lot more. I think it was more like missed opportunities rather than, oh, like it would have made a shutdown. Like, no, it just, I think we would have, we could have done a lot more and grew a lot more as a brand. Um, are you guys in any pro shops or do you guys plan on being any like 
golf galaxy golf stores or anything like that or are you, are you just streamlined right through tomo golf shoes on the website yeah so i mean our main focus is really just using our own platform um we are in some pro shops but again we don't actually we don't actually actively pursue any pro shops we don't have salespeople going out there hitting stores rather if we're in a pro shop it's because the pro shop reached out to us and like hey we love tomo we want to carry them in our store I'm like awesome um and and the reason for that is it's not like we want one day i think one day the goal is to i don't know necessarily if we want to be something in like the exporting goods or something like that like sure like if that happened maybe um but we for sure at some point would want to be in pro shop just to give golfers more access to the shoes for sure um but you know again for us it's just like we we like to have that touch point between us and the customers and that helps us control our brand and control our voice a little bit better um and and so that's what we've been focusing on right now i think we want to focus on making a great product before we focus on okay let's distribute these everywhere um before we kind of feel comfortable to do that did you want to ask this i think you were going to ask that question before this the, the uh oh yeah, we kind of talked to, oh God, <laughs> we kind of talked about it earlier when, before we got on. Um, so like, do you sponsor anybody? Like, is it like professionals? Do you have any like amateurs that wear your stuff? Cause like we had like chasing aces on and they sponsored Gigi Stoll, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, she's trying to make it to the LPG. Yeah. So like, do you, if you do any of that kind yeah. of sponsorships or programs? <clears throat> um, Uh, the short answer is no in terms of like professional players sure uh and i you know that might just be a personal thing about me is just i never really understood in terms of golf like i understand like basketball in the sense of like you know if you're a kid and you look at lebron james and you're like okay like he's the best basketball player is i want to be him i'm gonna wear everything he's wearing I, I don't necessarily know if that mentality translates so well into golf. I mean, I think most golfers dem- demographic wise, we're older people, right? We're not, uh, what is Don, what is Dustin Johnson wearing? I want to wear the same, like, I don't, I don't know. And really, I don't care. I just want to wear what I want to wear and what I think is comfortable. Um, and so I, and, and again, our focus isn't on, well, this is the best golf shoe ever. It's, this is the best shoe period. Like this is the best shoe for me to wear every day. This is the, I feel most comfortable because it feels comfortable and it fits what like I'm wearing, right? Like it makes me comfortable go outside in this apparel, the shoe. Uh, and so it's just, I, I don't think really the tour or professional player is a big focus for us. Rather, I think, you know, as, as much as people love to hate on the word influencers, I think a lot of them are regular people like you and I who loves golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, those people are way more interesting for us to sponsor than someone who is going through Q school. Um, and, and, you know, I think, um, again, I think it's just the mentality that is just, we're not saying this is just a golf shoe is this is not just like the focus. Um, and I think if anybody were to a tournament, they find the shoe, perform just fine. They would find the shoe works great, just like any other spikeless shoe would. Um, but again, I'm just not that interested in the shoe being portrayed in that particular setting rather than I think golf should be fun. And if we're having fun with our friends, we're just going out for a Saturday round. That's what I'm comfortable wearing. 
I much rather sponsor that guy, except, you know, mm-hmm. that guy probably should have some reach before I was sponsor. Yeah. So that's, that's the only difference. Right there. I, I like that answer. I your listeners coming in like hey i play around saturday with my friends give me some shoes on like instagram and sometimes you just like won't believe what people like are saying out on like instagram right i i i swear i had this kid it's like yo comp me a pair of shoes like literal entire message yo comp me a pair of shoes and i messaged him I was like does this ever work for you and he's like not yet question mark and i'm like no it's not going to work today. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like that answer because I mean, I'm on my phone. I've had your website up for this whole time. Just so I can kind of follow along and kind of, you know, with what you're saying about the shoes, it helps me kind of view them, I guess. Um, the more I look at them, the more I kind of think of like, you know, the average Joe plays Saturdays, wants a couple of shoe to wear to the course play it around in and then you know maybe have two three four at the 19th hole like they just scream casual to me but still have all the performance yeah you can wear them out wear wear them out to the to, to a restaurant or wherever yeah you know? and i've i've never owned them i am fan of just like comfortable multi-purpose shoes though i think that is such a, a niche item in the market that for some reason nobody wants to like hop in and fill um but yeah, the more we've had kind of leading up to this, kind of the more I've researched and the more I just become more and more of a fan. Thanks. I'm into them. I like them. I think they look very they cool. They look nice. Okay. Get on to a couple other questions here. So then uh, first one here is how did you get into the game of golf? Um, I think actually I first like ever touched a golf club was probably in high school um maybe like junior or senior year and absolutely hated it i was like this isn't a sport this is just like a bunch of old people like wiggling their butts around it's not a real thing um i absolutely hate it probably because i was like really bad at it you know so yeah um i can relate i i don't even remember what happened i think in in college my goal was every semester i would take one class just for fun um so i would i took like a scuba course i took like a snowboarding class. I, you know, I would just take one class for fun every semester. Um, and then just one semester I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll take golf. Um, and for some reason, the second time it clicked and I was like, Oh, cause I, and I took it with a friend of mine. And I think that just makes a big difference just cause when you first started golfing, you know, it's good to like have a friend who is also starting. Right. I think if I started playing with someone who's like played for years, I'd be like, like F you, like I'm out, you know, like yeah, I'm not playing this. Not uh, yeah, so I think it was fun. It was just like, you know, you could share in the 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 share in the struggle, um, and yeah, I guess the second time it it just clicked. It was I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. So, yeah, that's interesting. I liked it. I kind of picked it up too. Like towards the end of high school, it was the same thing. I I was pretty crappy too, but my buddies also played it, so it just made it that much more fun. And then we got super addicted to it after that. But and now Derek's not crappy anymore. <laughs> I'm not that good, but I'm not bad. So, um, okay. Hey, so what are you guys handicaps? I'm just curious. Uh, mine was a 9.6. Mine's a 10, 10, one right now. I haven't played too much recently, so I, I can, I can fire some good rounds, but I can also, you know, shoot. Yeah, yeah. The Too best nice. part about playing with Derek is when he hits his bad side, he goes, Oh, Derek, no. And I'm like, I wish I could go there. Like his bad <laughs> shots are like my like one in a million shots. Yeah. No, you're trying, he's trying to yeah, 
build up my confidence. A little no, bit. it's true. There have been certain shots you've hit and you're like, oh, that's so bad. And then I'm like way worse. How about you? Yeah. What's your handicap, Sonny? Derek's like cussing out his own shot and he's like two feet from the cup. It's like, Stop. yeah, yeah. No, I get it. He'll get mad and it's still straight down the fairway. And I'm like, dude, I'm way off into the woods. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet honestly, my handicap would fluctuate anywhere between, I don't know, like 20 to like 15. Um, but I actually, I don't try, I don't keep score. I hardly ever track. When I play, I really just think about how many pars and how many birdies I made. Um, because I think when I keep score, I get like really like, I don't know. It just messes my game. You play like, a little worse when you, yeah. Cause you're, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think I the last time I actually had an official candy cap must've been like four or five, maybe even longer, like four or five years ago. Um, just cause I can't, I can't do it. Like, I think it's great when you can like say, Oh, I had a bogey and a double bogey and I'm fine. But I was like, no, I don't want to remember that. Like I want yeah, that out I only want to remember the good ones. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't start keeping track of mine until we started doing these because people kept asking and I kept going, I don't know. Like I hate to break yeah, it to yeah. everybody, but I don't know. Um, started keeping track. I'm at like 21. Just, yeah. My issue is, and I explained this, I was talking to Gulf Pharaohs earlier. I just goof around. I'm like, Oh, I can hit this flop shot. Yeah, from yeah, right, right, out. Right. Like, yeah dom is the most like he's fun to golf with because he doesn't take it seriously which i think too many people do like you said you get kind of worked up and there's uh um there's that book that i've talked about before and now i'm drawing a blank on it must have been a good book no it's a good golf book but it's basically like as a as a golfer you get a scorecard and it's like a par 72 well most people are never going to shoot that par 72 so you're already realistically yeah, if you it's said a par you're all five. Sub up to bail yeah 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 exactly like re- realistically dom if he gets a six on a par five starting it's probably a birdie like going yeah. by handicap i'm so, pumped if i bogey a five to start yeah yeah I'm pretty pumped <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. so there it is kind of setting you up you know already kind of for fail for failure but um another question for you if you hit a hole in one on a simulator do you count it no no, no, I'm no sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll say no, definitely not. Okay. And I've hit oh, one no, on a golf simulator from like 150, but I'm, no, I'm not telling anybody about that. And I've never had a hole in one, so and I'm not going to claim that. Okay. No, it's it's like if you hit a hole in one playing PGA 2K, do you count that? Yeah, I have a tally on my phone. I can tell you guys how many I have. <laughs> I'm just I straight up buy your open your phone and go to like. Yo, no, I haven't played PGA in forever. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised. All right, Sonny, if you could take two golf clubs to your local 18-hole golf course and play the full round with two clubs, what would the two clubs be? And realistically, what do you think you'd shoot? I know you don't really keep track. You can just say how many pars and birdies you think you would have. Yeah, well, I mean, I could probably tell you what I shoot. I'd probably shoot like I don't know, like ninety, a hundred, probably a hundred, probably a hundred, a hundred ten, maybe. Um, but I think I probably would bring, uh, maybe like a like a five iron and a nine iron. You could. Mm. All right, this is this is a question that we've asked several guests on, and we've had plenty of people have been waiting to ask this question. Um. But if you attend a professional golf tournament, are you wearing, so like if you're going to a PGA event or whatever event it might be, um, and you're just going as a spectator, are you wearing golf shoes or just casual regular shoes? 
or yeah, better I yet, I was going to say, or better yet, Tomo shoes. Which he, pair would you wear? Which he, Tomo pair? He physically modified this question on his laptop, and he I watched him type it. Well, because you have, I know he's, I already know the answer, but so many people are like, nope, I'm not wearing golf shoes. I'm like, well, you, I have already said this. I told you I DM'd yeah, you a while. Yeah. I said, I said, no, I think it'd be super dorky if you wore like a pair of golf shoes to like a golf expo, especially if it's indoors. Um, and I think maybe it's like a gray area to like a PGA tour event where you're still on some hills and some grass. Um, but you know, if you're wearing like those like clunky leather with like real, like hardcore, like you know, spikes. like uh, spikes, then yeah, I think you're like a little bit too much. Like you're walking on grass. It's the <laughs> same thing as going to a park. You wear flip-flops, you know, like, uh, so generally speaking, I mean, I don't even know necessarily if I wear Tomos because I think one of the reasons I actually did Tomos just like, I love flip-flops like that. I wear flip-flops everywhere. Um, and so like a, a big goal is like, I want to wear shoes. Like they're not there. Um, so, I mean, honestly, any chance I get, if the weather's good, if it's one You'll you'll find me in flip flops. Flip flops. Is there going to be a pair of Tomo flip flops down the down the road? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't recovery know. slides well, right now are like the thing. Yeah, I mean, you've seen like a lot of other golf companies do slides. I think oh, I can't remember who does one, but they they did one where like the the footbed is like grass. You know, yeah, one reef reef. Yeah. And I think reef, they yeah, yeah. on the bottom side. And I was yeah. like, why did I not think of that first? Um, now I can't no. do it. You know, they've, they've done it. So I was like, I mean, but, Hoka yeah. has like the best slides out of everybody. It's Hoka. You know, that oh, you, you can't buy them anywhere because uh, they're sold out constantly. Okay. We have one last question and then we do some rapid fire questions and then, uh, kind of wrap things up here. So, um, but if there's one thing that you could change, change about the game of golf, um, and it could be a simple rule. Like just if you're golfing with you and your buddies, it doesn't have to be a PGA tour rule or anything like that. But if there's like one thing that you could change about golf, what would it be? Dress. Like for me, I'll just to give you an example, like a lot of people would use what they call like a breakfast ball or a lunch ball. So like everyone gets like one ball, but you know, if they shank it in the woods, they'll re-tee. So like that would be something that you could. Well, is that like one per round ball. or one per hole? No, no, no. It would normally be. I like that question. I like that. Be, so there's normally be one per nine holes some people that's why they'll call it like a breakfast ball and then they'll yeah, have yeah. Well, like we a take lunch breakfast ball. balls like a lot of times like when we play with when i play with my family uh mm-hmm. and it's just the first ball of the day like you're like literally box one like you get a re until you get like a like a good shot essentially but that's sure. done like after the first hole you know yep. <laughs> um okay so like, would, you, would that be your answer do you think or do you have something you think that you might want to change like i know slow play is a really popular one uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if I'm like playing by myself in nine holes, I usually do it in like less than an hour. Um, and so slow play is a huge one, but honestly, I just, it, I'd probably say culture. Um, and that's like a super open, open-ended. Uh, and I just mean kind of that, like hotty totty, like country club culture, like elitist culture, but that's tied into so many things that's tied into like a dress code that's tied into, uh, membership that's tied into like, you know, I just learned this like not too long ago, but in Europe you could pay like a year long membership for like 200 quid or something like that. And you play year round at multiple courses. I'm like, where yeah. is that for the United States? Yeah. You don't really get so, that. Yeah. So I probably changed something like that. Okay. All right. Some rapid fire questions. Um, 
Go ahead, Dom. Sorry, it hasn't been like super rapid because I'm just like going off. No, that's okay. This is how they always work. I know it's kind of a stupid term rapid fire questions because they don't end up being that way. It's totally fine. No, especially because we'll have a couple of them where it's like, you're going to have to think. Yeah. Like I said, this is like the hardest part. It's just like, what's your favorite food? It's like, who knows? Quinn changes every episode, apparently. It's true. So you rocking pants or shorts on the course? Shorts. What? San Diego, yeah. Or Utah, yeah. actually. That's true, too. But never been there. Um, well, I try that, to wear, like, flip-flops. I try to wear shorts every chance I get, too. So that's kind of like my wardrobe, but you kind of get that. True. It's awful. Yeah, it snowed the other day. So we're yeah, not wearing We're here in Minneapolis, and it, it didn't stick for too long. But, I mean, it was wild waking up in the morning and seeing the snow. It was... You know, at this yeah, early, it's a little yeah. early for that, I think, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Anytime I mean, 91, where it's too early. 91, we had a blizzard on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't around yet, but I've heard stories. Um, hat, bucket hat, or no hat on the course? Awesome. I, I like really all of them. So um, if I had to choose one, then probably no hat. You got some nice flow cooking, really nice hair. So yeah, I'd probably go no hat. Yeah, I'm never gonna like. I was born with a full head of hair, um, and so I'm. That's just what I'm working with. So yeah. Uh, what drivers in your bag? Uh, right now it's like the Callaway Epic, whatever it is. It's like one from two years, two or three years ago. Yeah. It's that. Is it's it the green. The flash. Yeah. Packers one. That's all I remember. It's like the green and yellow one. Yeah. 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 It's the uh, the epic flash, yeah. Um, yeah, it's that one. Okay, so what is your favorite golf shoe right now that you that you wear? And then what is this? Is, might be kind of a weird question, but what is your favorite golf shoe that you wish you've that you wish you had? Like maybe like a collector Jordan style, something like that. Honestly, I I I I mean, I mean, I feel like I kind of given this away by just saying like, I like the Bravos right now the most. And that's probably the shoe I would wear the most right now. Um, but honestly, if I could, I really would like to get my hands on like one of those like old school, traditional male golf shoes mm-hmm. just for history, you know, just that's to see it. Cool. Um, that's a good answer. So yeah, that's probably like a collector's item. I would probably want to have. I want to know how heavy they are. Yeah. I bet they're yeah. Bricks. Pretty heavy. They're four pounds each. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, do you prefer earned it, ooh, early morning golf or twilight golf? Probably twilight. a boy. Yeah. That's that's the right answer. I, I like I like the early morning, but I, I yeah, like I twilight too. Well, I just who really likes to get up like really early, and then it's always cold, right? You're like hungry. You're cold. You're this sleepy. Is, this is the, you're literally <laughs> taking the words out of Dom's mouth. That's My exactly man, what he said yeah. the whole time. Um, yeah, Dirk made me wake up early, and I'm like, dude, he was so crabby. Like, this sucks, and it was it was rainy. It was cold though. It was cold, and I'm like, Man. when we ended, it was when I wanted to start. It was 74 and sunny, and I was like, yep. wow, it's almost like I was right. <laughs> you were right that day. I was. Um, what's I your favorite it. golf club in your bag right now, currently? Mm. Um, a putter. Your putter are you are you pretty good at rolling the rock putter is like my actually I, I i feel that changes all the time and the only reason i said putter is because i've been rolling it well lately 
Sure. Um, and I don't have like a, like a really good putter. It's just like an Odyssey, like Versa two or something like that. It's just a blade with like a, one of those, um, it's, it's supposed to be like those white insert, like the white hot insert, but yep. it's black. Yep. Um, and it's it, in any sense of the word, it's not a special putter. It's like a very normal, I think it was priced probably very modest. It just, it's not a high end putter. Um, but I, I putter is like one of those things where I feel like they're all about the same, really. <laughs> just depends on the person using the putter. Almost. Yeah, that's why yeah, I've never too. been like big on like the Scotty Cameron putters. Everyone's like, "Oh, I need this putter," and it's like seven hundred dollars. And you're like, "Congrats, I beat you with my hundred dollar ping putter or whatever." Yeah, they're all the same. See, I'll buy an expensive putter if I think it looks really cool, but not because of any performance they claim to have. I I know like uh, Ping's like new like I think like their three D printed putter. Oh, actually, no, that's Cobra that does the three D. Cobra printed. does that. But then the yeah, but then the new ping and like answer line and stuff like that, they look super, super mm-hmm. awesome. And I would just buy one to look at it and maybe use, but I would I I don't think it would really make me a better or worse golfer, essentially. That's what I have. I have the Karsten answer too, and I have like the shiny copper yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And it's sick. Like it looks really good, but it feels really good too. But yeah, I don't think I'm any worse or any better with it. Yeah, I think I think most of like the a lot of like the Scotty Cameron and those other like collector, they're more of collectors more than anything. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it's really going to improve. Well, I mean, I stand corrected. You're right, Dom, in the in the sense of feel. Like some putters do feel like a lot better, Um, but then again, it's about rolling the ball into the hole, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I could do that with one putter better than the other. I mean, I I can't use blade. I can't use mallet putters, but I can use blade. That's the only difference really for me. Um, and pretty much that's, yeah. <laughs> I've always said the best putter is the one you're comfortable with. Yeah. Because I know for me, if they're too heavy, I can't do it. That's why I can only use blades as well. Like if it's too big, it's too heavy, it screws up everything for me. But yeah, if I'm comfortable with it, I'm going to roll it and it's going to go. This hopefully. is yeah. this is what Don meant when we were talking about rapid fire questions. So they, they, they start off kind of rapid and then they end up slowing down a little bit, well, which I mean, is good. I like these like, answers, though. These This is yeah. kind of why we do it. It's, well, these are uh, good questions, right? That's why the answers are like, oh, yeah. like, it makes you think. And it's like, yeah, good question. Yeah, I, feel like <laughs> it, I feel like if it's like a yes or no question, it's just like. Yeah, that's a different. Yeah, I, it's like we, we say rapid fire because we're going to ask a bunch of questions. But really, we'd like yeah. to kind of get your, you know a different answer than yes and no. So, um, uh, who is your favorite golfer? Yeah, that, this is a tough one just cause, uh, I mean, it could be anybody. Me, I, what's that? It could be anybody. Doesn't even have to be professional golf. It could be somebody that yeah. somebody inspired your favorite you. golfer could yeah. be Derek. Like could be me. Yeah. All right, Derek, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd actually, Man, I honestly don't feel like maybe this is like super narcissistic of me. I suppose I just I don't really think I have like a golf idol or anything like that um, within golf world or not. Um, so maybe my favorite golfer is just my dad because we play golf. So good answer. Go. Yeah, you got some really good answers. I like that. You're very like I don't I don't want to say down well, down to earth, but I say like you're very uh, humble. Yeah, very humble of all of it, which I I like <laughs> that. Good. Yeah. Yes, great humility is my number one trait. So there you go. <laughs> I'm the best at being humble. <laughs> go ahead, Dom. Which one are uh, we at? Right here. 
Oh, wow. We went a long way. We're getting down there. Okay. So what's the favorite course you've played? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like there's like a right answer because like everybody's always like, oh, like it, it must be like this super scenic or like beachfront course. And I've played some of those. I think one of the most maybe scenic course I've ever played is, uh, is a golf course called Clearwater Bay. It's okay. in Hong Kong. And every single, like the whole course is like on the top of a mountain, but surrounded by the ocean, right? So every single hole you get in an ocean view. It's not like it's called Clearwater Bay. Clearwater Bay, yeah. So I'm you, looking at it. Right you should go. You should, yeah. You should look it up. It's, it's very hard. I mean, it's you can't really play it unless you like. And I happen to know someone who knew someone that could like invite me on to play. Um, and it was just like every hole you get, like a, like Holy an ocean view. Like every hole. Oh yeah, that's yeah. sick looking. Yeah. Is it is it um, technically public? I know you said you had kind of know some. Is it is it? It's private. Pretty, yeah. It is private. Is it okay? Yeah. That is beautiful. And it's super private because I think the wait list to get on to be a member is like 10 to 15 years or something more sure. than that. I mean, it's not as exclusive as like Augusta, but in terms of like right. exclusivity, it's it's pretty, pretty hard exclusive. to get in. I mean, this um, might be nicer than Augusta's. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes, I said that out loud. <laughs> yeah now you're gonna freaking get killed by the golf community it's like how dare you? that's okay that's okay i'll that fight is, that is very cool how'd you but play honestly, it i i played clubs. probably really really bad really really bad Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i had a good time do playing really really bad um so i think that's the important thing like i had a good time playing really bad um but yeah, I, I remember there was like, because this is in Asia, it's it's in Hong Kong, it's super hot, humid. Um, and I remember there was this one hole where you're teeing off like an elevated tee box and you can't really see what's coming down. And so I think I hit like a, a good three wood off the tee box or something like that. And then so I was pumped um, and I was playing with my friend Derek who drove down the car. So I was, I hit a good drive. So I was pumped. So I was like running down. And as I was running down a hill, I, I, I'm not a snake expert, but it is a huge, I think, black mamba. Oh, and no. it is. Huge. I remember like, that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cause he says Derek. No, not this Derek, another Derek. Jesus yeah. Um, but I swear like the, the, the body is like this thick around It's like, oh. it's a real snake. Uh, and I swear I jumped like 12 feet in the air to like leap over that thing. Um, and so that was like the, probably the, craziest thing i think that happened on the golf course for me like i almost just ran straight into like a poisonous snake but actually i think my favorite course might just be um it's now closed but there used to be this um local course called cascade um and it's not a it's not a great course it, it is an 18 hole but it's like some hole like a one hole is like 70 yards so it's like not a great hole but it's just like your local muni course Yep. Um, and that's where really, I think I learned how to play golf. I played a lot there and, and I think that place would probably just be more special to me than like Torrey Pines, which I did love. You play too, Torrey Pines? I was going to ask you, cause when you were out in San Diego, did you play that? Uh, yeah. Play, play so I have a, like a San Diego city member card. So I play Torrey Pines. I, and I only try to play Torrey Pines during twilight. I don't ever play during the day. Um, just because the court versus like pretty empty and if you're playing the south course 
I think really the front nine is what you want to play anyway. That's the front that the front nine are the ones by the ocean. And then if you're playing the north course, like I think the back nine is are the ones by the ocean. That's the one you want. So, and it cost me like fifty dollars or thirty dollars depending on whether I'm playing south or north, and that's just hard to beat. I was gonna I was gonna ask that because I seen someone post a picture of like the if you have like the San Diego or like the. Yeah, 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 card it's like $48 for that and then for a non uh resident it's like 140 dollars or something it's crazy yeah it's um, it's a big difference for sure they time. should do that here i think some some courses i don't know if they do here in minnesota but they do that to some of those like i know um some of those like big name out-of-state courses they'll do that where they give you a big discount yeah. if you're a yeah. uh, citizen yeah. of the that sure, um sure. i know you don't have a favorite golfer so to speak but do you have like a bucket list course that maybe you wish you, you know, that you what would like that to play to do with having a favorite golf? Well, no, it's just cause like, you've been pretty humble about like not having certain oh, favorites of things like I that. See. So okay. I'm just saying like, I know maybe you don't really care to play a certain golf course, but if you did, which course would it be? Could be any course. <sighs> yeah, that's hard. That's hard for me too, I guess. I guess maybe I'm just not a person for like tradition or anything. Cause I feel like everybody's answer would be Augusta, like right off the bat. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Augusta is pretty, but I think there are other courses just as pretty in different ways. Um, but then everybody feels Augusta is different because of like its history. And I feel like there's almost a certain like reverence to it. Um, but for me, I probably would want to just play like the most unique course. I think, there's this one in, is it South Africa where you take a helicopter ride on the 19th hole? That's, do you remember that? That sounds, I've, I'm I don't remember sure. where it is, but I, I've seen it. So there's this golf course in, I think, South Africa where you're on the 19th hole and you hit, it's like a 700 something yard par three and is you hit it. I didn't know that's how you got down. That's crazy. Well, you're not going to yeah. walk down. <laughs> Give me yeah. an exercise in. That'd be a, one right. heck of a hike back up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, with all the African uh, animal predators around, that would be one heck. You know, like fifty yeah. percent of the customers make it back up. So, um, exactly. but you Derek know, something like that, I probably would be way more interested because I think for me that would be just a really neat experience, and I think that's ultimately what I look for if I'm trying to find like an adventurous like golf course to play at. Sure. Well, Sonny, it's been a pleasure. We really appreciate it. We have one last question that we typically ask all of our uh, guests. Um, okay. and it's always some sort of food related question. Um, so if you could have like one last meal, it could be a homemade meal. It could be a, a restaurant. That's your all time favorite. What would be your go-to meal? And it could be a whole, you could, you could talk about your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or you could just say one meal totally up to you. Some people <laughs> went through their whole list of what they would have that whole day. Yeah. So I, I, I was actually born in Taiwan. Um, and I was, I didn't move to the States until I was 14. Um, okay. and I think Taiwan's like kind of this hidden gem in Asia where, you know, when everybody travels to Asia, they think, Oh, Japan, Korea, or Thailand, Vietnam, those places. Um, but what they don't know is like actually Asians in Asia will travel to Taiwan just to eat. They'll just go and eat food. Um, and, and a reason for that is it's super cheap, but it's super good. Um, and it's everywhere too. Just like, I can't think of, I mean, San Diego is a big town, uh, even like downtown San Diego, but literally you have to like go to a place where you can find restaurants, right? Like maybe mm -hmm. in like, um, uh, like gas, like uh, gas lamp quarters or whatever. So 
But in Taiwan, like every single street, there will be multiple restaurants on every single street. And that's just because it's like very food oriented culture. Um, and so that's a super hard question. But really, so Taiwan's like famous for having these night markets where you just have 50 to 100 vendors all there. And 70% of them would just be food stalls. Um, and everything you get would be like two or three dollars or some something 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 like that. And so you basically hit those markets with like an empty stomach and you just bring 30, 40 bucks and you're stuffed by the time you're done. And you're getting things like when I said like fried chicken, it doesn't do it justice because it's like on another level. Or you get like desserts, you get treats, you just like all these crazy things. Like there's this thing called a yam ball which is basically a sweet potato that's mixed with dough that's deep fried and then it puffs up. So it's like, it's about the size of a ping pong ball, but it's hollow inside and it's just, it's super good. So it's like, you just get random things like that for food. Um, And so I would probably say like, if I can have like one more meal, just drop me off there before I I die and let me like walk the streets and then (laughs) call it good. I like that answer. That's where you spend your last like, three days is just at that market hitting up all the okay. restaurants yeah oh that's what yeah. i would do Sonny, yep. re- we really appreciate it man it's been awesome and again uh keep up all the great work and however we can help you just let us know but uh but again we appreciate the time cool well thanks for having me on i appreciate it guys yeah absolutely thanks so much yeah great talking to you it's nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you guys as well yeah.